Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, today I'm here with Anthony Stalis. Um, so, Anthony, you want to give yourself a quick little intro here? Yeah, um, name's Anthony. Um, I'm from uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, a teacher over at Olympus Junior High. Teach uh, um, some PE fitness classes and a couple other little ambassador things and um, do some coaching out there, but also do a lot of running, which is why you guys are all probably tuned in right now. And yeah, just finished up uh, Black Canyon. 100k this last saturday and just won a golden ticket at black canyon 100k this last weekend yeah <laughs> a little caveat there <laughs> cool yeah i definitely want to like go through that entire day because i wasn't able to be there sadly even though i just live two hours away but yeah um, i had to work all day and stuff but i was following as much as i could just on their viper live stream and through twitter and stuff so it was, it was pretty cool to watch like the little bits that i saw you might have been able to see more than if you were there, it sounds like, because <laughs> that live stream was pretty cool. Yeah, Jamil's done a pretty good job of like putting that all together, and it's like it's improved a lot over the past year or so that he's done it, and it's cool to see. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm pretty good friends with uh, Finn and Leah, so I was hearing them talk about everything that's going on and all the logistics is uh, pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool to see Leah involved. I saw her out of Bandera doing her thing, and yeah, and now she's at Black Canyon too doing that, so that's pretty rad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, dude. Um, let's talk about um everything leading up to Black Canyon. Cause I've from an outside perspective, I feel like it's been like a, a year and a half or almost two years coming at this point. Like I remember at um was it Red Hot years ago when you ran that was your first 50k or 55k, right? Yeah. And I appreciate yeah. you remember that because that's, that's a special all... one to me. It's a pretty special race to me. So, and not many people kind of really know much about it. Oh, well, let's talk about it before we jump into Black oh, yeah. Canyon. Um, what made that so special? Because I remember I was out mid course somewhere and I was chatting with your wife uh -huh. and then I saw you blow by and I was just like, well, holy crap, like who is this guy? I mean, especially, I mean, it's the first, first ultra. So they're always going to be special. Moab's like a really special place. And then um, it was cool just because, uh, that course used to, I mean, before Black Canyon is around, that was kind of the race to go to that weekend and kicked off all ultra season uh, back a while ago. And you like, kind of look at the old all-time top 10, even deeper, like top 15, top 20 list there. It's pretty deep. And um, it was cool to like nail it kind of the first time um, doing uh, something over a marathon. But uh, yeah, it was just a real fun day out there. Yeah, what was that like then going from your marathon to a, Trail race is not the most technical, but still fairly technical in some areas. And because you're like a what a two fourteen marathoner, um, yeah, I I, I ran two thirteen like uh two months before that that race actually at CIM, but it wasn't too big of a deal because I was actually I've already was trail running. I didn't do any ultras before that. Uh, I did um the U.S. Championships for trail marathon and um Moab as well, and then. Xterra half marathon championships in a uh, snow basin and um, uh, right above Salt Lake and Utah as well. So I already been doing, I did uh, some trail runs and trail races uh, kind of before, before that as well. And actually before, like I really popped a big marathon, I was already kind of doing them too. Oh, cool. No, that's yeah. awesome then. Yeah. Then, so why do you, um, let's be real brief on this, but like, how did that, how'd you go from like running marathons to like, okay, I want to run trail ultras. Uh, you know, living in Salt Lake, it's kind of hard not to, I feel like the community here is like pretty behind the trail scenes way more than the road scene. So you kind of slowly like just start going to some pretty easier trails and then they start getting a little bit harder. Then you get a couple of other friends that start making you bag peaks. And then next thing you know, you're learning a little bit more about the, ultra stuff or the tra just trail world in general and then yeah you just kind of fall in love with it i guess a little bit more yeah so uh salt lake had a lot to do with it but uh even like um where i went to college at chico state we did uh every sunday was a long run on trails and not just like a very groomed one it was, sometimes it was a little technical trails that was surprising that our collegiate coach was like okay letting us do so had that little bit of a adventurous uh um, which was pretty cool yeah yeah that sounds awesome and I guess it's hard too like if you live in Salt Lake to not go in the mountains because they're literally right out out your door yeah they're they're right there so um yeah it's uh really hard not to go to that instead of run on pavement when you have the chance at least yeah definitely so let's then let's talk about like the past couple of years because 
you like we were talking about before like a year and a half ago ish um you ran canyons and actually won a golden ticket there as well right yeah um yeah that was 2021 and yeah one one there it was a uh, first year they did like a new course because of covid and sounds like they're sticking to that course now as well yeah and so how did that go then like because you, you won it and then you didn't run states that year so did that like, what kind of happened with that um yeah so won it uh anybody that knows canyons it's only nine weeks away i think this year might even only be eight weeks away from um uh states and yeah just like took like a half week recovery and then like that next saturday kind of went on a longer run than i probably should have by like maybe a couple miles and kind of just did something to my knee a little bit which i thought was gonna be fine but then one week earned, turned into two two turned into three and then by the time you start thinking about taper and getting back the fitness, it was just, uh, didn't really make sense to go debut a hundred miles, not completely fit, ready to go. Yeah. Especially like the hundred miler and the hundred miler. Yeah. I mean, it, it would have been really cool just to experience, experience it itself, but I don't know when I show up to races, I really want to race hard with competition, not just be there, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So let's, mm-hmm. uh, let's jump ahead then. Cause so you've, I don't know you you won the ticket, but obviously didn't like cash in on it and and run states. Mm-hmm. But then, um, had you run Black Canyon before, or was this your first year? Um, this was my second year. The next year, I came back, had the golden ticket, kind of more mine. Um, that year, and um, I mean, competing and winning the race was still like the number one eight goal that day. But the ticket was definitely more in the back of my head, or something that I was ready to accept that day, and uh. It was all going well to get a ticket, especially since there was three of them getting given out that day because uh, Terrorware was canceled. Um, and I was in good position, like, with 10 miles to go. But, yeah, just something that did not go well and a few mistakes happened and pretty big tougher fest coming in the last 10 miles uh, uh, last year in 2022. Yeah, so did that kind of, like, I don't know, ignite a fire, make you want to come back again and have a better race? It Ignited a fire, definitely. It didn't really make me want to come back to that race like so much. Like at the moment, um, at the moment, like I was like, that was a cool race. That was really hard. I don't need to go do that one again because it was just like just a brutal day out there and just a couple other logistical reasons. But uh, then later on, like uh, as the next year kind of or the, as that year was ending, and you know, you're starting to think out a schedule in September or October, like it popped into my head again and I really mostly because like I was kind of mad how poorly it went and how close I was like having a good day um and that was what made me want to come back more than anything and then the competition started to get deeper and deeper on the entrance list which uh maybe then for sure hop into the race nice so let's talk about uh the training leading up to it then because and like your workouts and stuff, because I don't know, mm-hmm. I've obviously like on Instagram and Strava, you're posting some of that stuff, but like, but I don't know, what kind of volume were you doing, I guess, leading into it, like say three or four months out? Um, Probably about, yeah, about three to four months out, like about four months out, I like got into a spot where I was like, okay, or like leading into 80, 90 mile weeks. I took like a decent build up to get to that. Like I hadn't raced in quite a while, so took a um, easy way in. But uh, once I, was probably about 12 or 14 weeks out. I started to get in the hundred mile range and hit a few of those. And then actually had a little bit of a hiccup in um, an IT band in early December kind of popped up. So I shut it down just for a tad bit, like a week or two, but then got rid of it luckily, which is hard with IT and uh, really just like kind of crushed uh, anywhere from hundred to 120 mile weeks, pretty much lead into the last uh, three weeks uh, to the race. So yeah, training went relatively well. A lot of little pains that kept coming up that I thought was going to get me out, but was able to like kind of do a bunch of mobility and rolling out and all those things that we're supposed to do and was fortunate not to get injured before the race. Yeah. So does that mean, does that mean you've been, or you have been doing a lot of road running then? Cause I know the mountains up in, in the Wasatch are just covered in snow. So like, what was your, um, like what were your trail conditions and road conditions like? So my three biggest runs, I did um, two 50Ks and one run that was five hours. That was probably about 35 or 36 miles. 
and they all three of those were actually down in the desert your neck of the woods uh two of them in saint george and um the other two were um or the other one was in a uh, moab and it was the arches 50k and i did like a tune-up race just to kind of get everything back figuring out how to go through aid stations again refill the bottles not being stressed out about it just kind of not being allowed to stop for a long period of time during the middle of a long run kind of stuff. So yeah, those were my three biggest runs. I mean, obviously a lot of training besides those three day, three weekends, but uh, those were like the ones that were the most focused. And then a lot of, like a lot of road running. Um, I would do, I do like a common, uh, the trails in Salt Lake do get pretty packed down um, and pretty runnable, but they are, quite slow still so i would do some trail runs on the bonneville shoreline trail above the uh, university of utah was like kind of my go-to one and then i would start there do like anywhere from like 10 15 17 miles and then i would run there which is another five and hop on a treadmill and turn up a gas heater in my garage and just soak up the heat because i knew i needed it because it was really cold out here <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask you about that because it seems like you guys just been getting tons of snow and it's been cold up there and then like it hasn't been overly hot down south but it's a lot warmer for sure than yeah a lot warmer it wasn't too warm that was though it was like a little warmer in st george it wasn't really warm at all in uh moab when i went there but the bummer about when i went there was those two places like the sun wasn't out at all and that's what worried me most about the race it was like i as everybody could tell from my farmer farmer santa um with my chico singlet uh i was just pretty wide out there and um i was worried about the sun uh more than anything not so much the heat just the beating of the sun on your body for seven eight hours yeah it definitely adds up because i don't know even if it's only 70 degrees but if you've been in the clouds and cold for however many months like it's been mm -hmm. brutal and even when there was sun in salt lake city i was so bundled up trying to stay warm it it's not like i was getting any vitamin d then and there either <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it was funny i was in prescott a few weeks before black canyon and a friend of mine well he was the producer the photo producer for the shoot came down from from draper and he was just like mm -hmm. i haven't seen the sun in three weeks like this is incredible even though it was like 15 degrees in prescott he was yeah. just like this is awesome to see the sun like it's great <laughs> yeah it's all like kind of get unfortunately when the winters are good it's all like kind of gets like that a lot and then when it does get really clear unfortunately we get really bad air quality that comes like a few days later so it's kind of no matter what it's kind of bad sometimes uh winter time here yeah it, I, it is nice though that the trails are runnable because i guess not not all places uh kind of get that at um the mountain towns yeah, that's true. And I guess too, like Southern Utah is a pretty easy escape or Moab even, like it's only what, three hours or something. Yeah, it's a, it's a quick three hour drive and it's yeah. good. Uh, usually it's like a fun, like uh, one of the trips we went down, it was like a group of friends of us. So it was like, we all got an Airbnb and had just a fun weekend in general outside of running. Nice, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so let's dive in a little bit more to the training. Like what kind of workouts were you doing? I know like your last workout had a bunch of mile repeats um, leading into Black Canyon, but like what sort of workouts were you doing to keep your speed, but also that intensity up the entire time? Um, So like just the workouts, like more on like Salt Lake, it, I would, I wouldn't call it marathon workouts, but I just work on like um a lot of threshold stuff. So like you would see like those VO2 max or not VO2 max, those threshold workouts, like um the mile repeats where it'd be like six by one mile with, anywhere from a minute, minute and a half to two minutes recovery. Um, that's like a really go-to workout. If I, I just need to get something done really quick, I know I can um, back home. And I just know a lot about that workout where my fitness level is when I'm doing it. So I like doing that one a lot, but uh, do a lot of fart licks, um, would do ton of hill repeats. Hill repeats is probably something that you wouldn't see on my Strava because I would just like kind of go do it in the middle of a run. Um, and then the long runs, I mean, really it was like the long runs a lot. Like I did those harder efforts down South that were Strava. You could see everything on Strava, but uh, some of the ones when I, you know, would go, like I said, like go do the trail, then run back home and go on the treadmill. It'd be a pretty hard effort, like incline on the treadmill for like the last like 45 minutes with heat. So that was like a little bit different of a workout, not like hitting some, a certain zone, but more 
just learning how to run on incline on pretty fatigued legs and then also throwing heat on there as well. So that was like a big go-to workout that I would do quite a bit. Was there a reason you were doing incline versus like some like net downhill runs? You know, net downhill was the one thing that uh, that was like one of the parts of the race that was scaring me. And then like I was kind of hearing and that's why I kind of turned everything off because I didn't want to hear everybody's uh, what they were doing for training. Because then I was like, oh, should I have been doing that? Like <laughs> I might have messed up. Maybe I didn't take that as serious as I should. So I, that's why I kind of turned off like all social medias and stopped listening to this stuff a couple weeks before uh, before the race. Yeah, I never did uh, much net downhill. The that run from trail to my house, though, it is a five mile net downhill on as on asphalt. So that was a, uh, I guess, the most net kind of downhill stuff I would do. But uh, no, the reason why I did the sorry long long way to get there, but the reason why I did the incline was uh because uh I know the second half of that race has got a lot more incline than people kind of think and. Um, I just want to be strong in those sections because if you're feeling bad on the downhills, no matter what, you're going to be feeling really bad on the uphills as well too by the end of the day. So that was, I guess, my theory going into it. Yeah, it is kind of deceptively rolly, huh? There towards the end, like mm -hmm. like around like the Table Mesa area and um, Black Canyon, huh? You know, Table Mesa to the finish last year seemed like the longest mountain of a climb to me and then this year i was like oh this was really not that bad and pretty runnable but it was just like my legs were so shot by then last year um i think i over prepared for it a little bit um ment mentally more than anything i was like mentally going in there thinking all right really big last climb and then i started doing I'm like oh i guess it wasn't that big <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's funny well, like what kind yeah. of um and if any were you doing any sort of weight training beforehand or are you just kind of throwing that out the window uh, no, that was like one of the things last year, I feel like I should have took a little bit more seriously and kind of last year is like, went into the race, like, I think I get a golden ticket, like, uh, I think I get a golden ticket, like without doing a couple of things that I probably should be. And then let's add those things on for states. Cause you, the idea was like, let's not burn yourself out in February or December at that point, I guess, because it's a long year. And, uh, I just definitely paid for it. And uh, this year took that a lot more seriously. So um, a lot of stability stuff, um, whether it was just being on a stability ball or um, working out the ankles, uh, um, any kind of weight training that I was doing, I would just, again, try to add a little bit of extra balance or stability in there just because you're on those loose rocks just all day. So if you could kind of, make that a reaction to that in the weight training i think it uh really could be beneficial um i hit it hard pretty in december and then that it band thing kind of flared up so i had to back off a little bit and uh did a lot more mobility in um, um january february yeah i think those are the things that runners know we should be doing but we all hate to do it because it's always so much more fun just to be out running but yeah but then it's like, well, if you don't do those things, you might just have a, a bad day out on the trail or, or not just as good of a day as you could have. I mean, one of the other things was like, I knew Tom Evans was in the race and I know that guy does it all. Like he's like pretty disciplined in terms of like, he puts in all those 10, 10 extra percent kind of stuff. And uh, knowing someone like that's online, like kind of motivated me a little bit. Like Tom's going to be doing this. You better be doing it yourself because you're not going to be able to get away just running um which uh was pretty cool being able to compete with him too yeah definitely like tom's legit like he's definitely had some mm -hmm. solid runs over the years yeah definitely yeah so like, i know you um you're saying you turned off instagram essentially and like strava and stuff a couple weeks out but like knowing like who was running did that kind of stress you out at all or were you just pretty confident in your fitness um i was pretty confident in fitness i was more getting more i was got i got more excited as like i found out like there's people I didn't know, like, uh, were in the race, like, uh, like David Laney, like kind of jumped in last minute. And I thought that was really exciting. Um, there was, I think it was, uh, it was John Ranieri, which was like the 212 marathoner that was debuting, which was kind of a cool thing that, um, just to see someone new that fast kind of jumping, jumping in right away. So that, I thought it was more exciting than like, like, uh, threatening, I guess. Um, I just felt like I, was going to trust my fitness and experience, but more competition just would, would make just a bigger, faster 
more fun day than uh i guess being intimidated intimidated by it yeah a lot of carnage too then right yeah a lot of carnage <laughs> i i also was like kind of in, in the back of my head like pretty excited because i was kind of the only i felt like i was like kind of one of the only big hitters that was uh coming back from last year really had course experience um malachi clemens i think his last name is uh he was there last year and he was right in front of finished right in front of me and he was on the list but uh what you like the last week but no one else really uh a lot of people lived near it and had experience on the course but not too many people um you know had race experience on it which i think is a lot different when you're 40 miles in into that race uh the train seems a lot different yeah definitely that's for sure because i think a lot of people go into it kind of just like oh well it's, it's all downhill it's like well mm, yes and really. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really. and then you're soon you're going to be like crap it's all downhill and my like legs are trashed <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um well let's go through um your splits because i think a lot of people would be curious about that because if you we get on strava okay. um all right i'll pull it up yeah, it's like your your average pace was seven twenty four, um, okay, which is that's pretty quick considering. Yeah, pretty well. Um, yeah, because and then all top three for you guys train. all ran. Yeah, for the train especially, like, um, but you guys all ran under course record, right? All top yeah, three. we all top three ran under course record, and then whole fourth was under eight hours, which is pretty big deal. I mean, not many people have broken eight hours, so that was pretty cool that you got under two. Yeah, and. Sage had the record for what, however many years? Like, I think five. since six two thousand sixteen. So it's coming up on like, yeah, quite a quite a bit now. Yeah, and I think it just shows like how stout that record is. It stood for that long, and yeah, I, I don't know. Sage, but Sage in two thousand sixteen. Two thousand sixteen was the first time I ran a trail race, which was that Moab Trail one, mm-hmm. and Sage had an incredible result there. And a lot of people don't know Sage rolled his ankle in the middle of that race, and he i don't know long story short he just like ran really fast but people don't know he like almost stopped for five minutes in the middle of a marathon which is an eternity you know and uh it's just he was a beast on um that kind of train too so it's pretty hard person to get one from yeah i think a lot of newer people are getting into the sport just kind of see sage is like oh well he's he's sponsored by all these people and he has his youtube channel but it's like he threw down back in the day like, oh man i mean it's it yeah, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, this- but, but I, I keep saying everyone like he also ran it when it was like 15 degrees hotter than us too. So we had yeah. a quite a bit of a environmental like advantage. Yeah, it was like 85 degrees or something when he ran, which is wild to think about. Yeah, it was like that last year, but uh, as well. So I kind of and that's why I keep bringing it up because I was like, I know what it felt like last year, and it's just a lot different. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's it's hard in general because I think like a lot of people come down from like you're saying mountain towns and stuff or like Montana mm-hmm. or northern Utah and it's like, okay, you're in the winter and suddenly 70 degrees or even 65 and sunny feels really hot. I mean, yeah, it is a, it is a big swing and it's funny how much carnage happens out there on just solely because of weather. And yeah, I mean, if people don't prepare for it, it's, it's going to get you in some kind of way. Yeah. So um, let's go through your splits then, because I think they're pretty interesting personally, but um, let's talk about it. So um, I think the first aid station at um, Antelope is like seven and a half ish miles in. Okay. Yeah. Um, And you got, you ran 620 off the gate and then 642, 648, 641, 701, 626, 624, 617 at mile eight. So like, that's pretty quick for the start of a hundred K, but yeah. How were you feeling about that? Was that kind of your strategy from the get-go? It was, it was, uh, uh, strategy was split-wise. I didn't really, like, write down, like, oh, we need to, like, run a 630 at this mile. It was more, I would look at all the aid stations, and I would kind of, I just wrote, like, down some on some note cards, like, right between the first and the second aid station, we, if you're floating just a good pace, it's, like, anywhere from about 615 to 645. So, any if you split anywhere between there, you're probably doing things just fine. I wasn't really too worried about it in the, those first splits. It was more just being with the pack and making sure nobody ran away. Like that happened last year. Um, so yeah. Um, wasn't concerned about pace really at all um, for how fast we were going. 
Yeah. Were you running with the lead pack then at that point? I'm assuming. Yeah, lead pack. I mean, like Andy, it's it's pretty common. I think like the lead pack is like ginormous. Like it's uh like upwards of like twenty to thirty plus people deep, like within a minute a minute, two minutes of each other. There's some pretty cool videos of like just a big old long long single track. Looks like a college team or something, just <laughs> on a Sunday long run. <laughs> yeah, no joke. But then it always surprises me too, like like how all those people fall off at some point because like obviously everyone's out there going for a ticket so it's like win or die essentially Mm -hmm. it seems like yeah it it is it's interesting how fast it happens and again that race experience happens a lot so bumblebee is mile 20 and i think that's really where the first 20 the first 19 19 20 miles you could do stupid things um and burn yourself out but i think uh everybody changes their stuff and crew happens there and if you're fast at it you're out the gate and if you're slow like you think like oh i could catch up to him really quick but it's actually the first uh larger climb of the day it happens immediately as soon as you leave that aid station and that's where like the race just like kind of commonly splits it sounds like yeah because i guess if you you can take like three or four minutes there at bumblebee like that's a half mile yeah and then a half mile on half mile uphill that you're behind on as well so yeah it's uh things happen pretty quick and then you also aren't like in terrain where you could kind of see people as much so uh so then that kind of could stress you out too because you don't know where your competition kind of just went yeah that's a really good point because that trail is pretty windy and so like you could be in and out of these little canyons and washes and stuff and maybe not see anybody mm-hmm yeah, I mean, again, that's like kind of what happened last year. I thought I was in a certain place and then realized way later on in the day that I was not. And it kind of just mentally frazzled me and had to like do some damage control and then just kind of didn't handle it uh, later, well, too well later on in the day. Yeah. So then, um, so what was your uh, crewing strategy like at Bumblebee? So you're at mile 20. Did you have, like, who'd you have there with you? Was it your wife? Uh, my wife. My wife does uh, all my crewing, and uh, she's always done really good, but we were joking, like, especially Bumblebee, like, it was, like, our best, like, swap and change that we've ever had. I was like, oh, wow, that, like, we didn't miss it. We didn't miss anything. Not that I, like, do that much, but usually there's, like, one little thing we both forget about, or, like, we drop a bottle, or just fiddle longer than you should when it it's reality it's like probably 15 seconds it's nothing that's gonna really break the race but uh yeah we did that first one i was like wow that was a uh, really good off to <laughs> off to a great start it was just a so i i use a i use a lot of rock goo um when i do it and i like using the reusable flask so she just gives me a couple of those and then a couple bottles and then like uh just because of the sun i switched out my hat for something that was more um better for sun exposure and then also got some like sunglasses and got got out of there as fast as i could nice so you're using those like those silicone like whatever like bulk goo bottles yeah that's what they are right mm-hmm. yeah that's what they are i like them it's pretty cool less uh you gotta fiddle with um environmentally better too you don't have as much trash that you gotta worry about dropping in the middle of the trail like i ended up picking up somebody's spring uh energy the first uh 20 miles that dropped it right in front of us <laughs> so oh man dude that's so common it's like going after a race you just like a lot of times i'll run courses afterwards if i'm there working or something you mm-hmm. just see like mountains of gel packets and like oh my gosh oh, geez. It, it, I, I hate it yeah one time uh we did i did a run at same thing it was like a that one of those xterra races at a ski resort and we just did the trail after and i was like oh my gosh like this is terrible. Like how many of these packets are out there and it's all us. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. You can't blame it on like a random hiker. It's like, they're not yeah, exactly. <laughs> actually, I mean, we could blame it on the triathletes because it's actually the triathletes that were there the day before. Us, but uh, <laughs> You're always blame yeah. it on the triathletes, right? We'll blame it on the triathletes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, just for reference, the people that aren't, cause they're not looking at your splits, like around Bumblebee, like even with that transition, mm-hmm. you still did what is that like a 744 like mile 19 629 mile 20 744 so like the 744 yeah. is i think the 629 is probably um pretty close to uh, with the crewing there and then the mile okay. 20 is probably the um uphill one because that's a pretty good yeah 320 feet yeah. it's a good yeah not a crazy bunch but for black cane it's a pretty big bunch 
Well, yeah, and you're running hard up it at mile 20, you know, and you still have 40 plus miles to go. And, and everybody's kind of running a little extra hard because it's like moves are being kind of made, starting to get made. Everybody stops being so talkative and as friendly as we were the first downhill 20. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that, but that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how'd you feel then for the next uh, 10 miles or so? Because up to Soap Creek, that's about mile 31, halfway through. Yeah. Yeah, so there's one aid station in between there. I didn't do too much, just switch or just a fill up bottle. Uh, got a um, buff um, switched out at mile 24, and then um, yeah, mile 31. Uh, next aid station after that one. Uh, it was good. I was in fourth, fourth, pretty much fourth place coming out of Mumblebee, and then um, it was Cole and Cole, Cole and a. Uh, Cole and Tom were kind of out ahead of us by like uh, almost two minutes. And then um, I was running with a John Ranieri uh, marathon guy uh, um, for that next part. And then we kind of split up after 24, but yeah, by myself. And it was going pretty good. It was just going pretty good. Kind of was thinking about those floating splits. Like I was saying, like I didn't really care about exactly what the split was, but as long as I was in the ballpark of like seven, seven to seven fifteen per mile or seven seven thirty i thought i was doing just a fine job and yeah i kind of just kept that rolling through uh i guess halfway through the race already yes. which doesn't feel like halfway through the race at all <laughs> <laughs> why do you say that well i mean it's just those first downhill those first 20 are just so easy and relaxed and downhill and then it doesn't feel like it takes that long to get to 31 and then it's just it's a long, hot, exposed day for the rest of the after 31. Yeah, like coming into Black Canyon, for example, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, it's actually like uh, there's like about two miles, right, right before you cross the river, before the climb, you do leading in the Black Canyon. There's like a dirt road you hop on for like a mile. And it's like, and I remember it from last year, it's like, man, this, this sucks. It feels like I should be running just fine because I'm on a, nice paved dirt road but you're so exposed and it's really punchy hills that, that was probably like honestly like the lowest point of the race for me like at that point just because I was kind of all by myself and it was getting really hot and I felt like I wasn't running that fast but I was doing obviously just fine but uh yeah it's kind of lonely out there yeah I imagine so <laughs> so then uh coming into Black Canyon it's um Black Canyon City's mile 37 and a half or so so like, mm-hmm. how were you feeling at that point? Because that's what the second time you'd get crude. Yeah, second time I get crude, I felt really good because uh, thirty five and a half, thirty six. Um, there's that climb that I was talking about after river, and I didn't think I was all the time. I thought they were quite a bit ahead, and I popped up and I was like really close, right behind them. I was like, oh, okay, like I'm right in it, and I knew like it was like a perfect time to catch him because Scott Traer kind of did the same thing to me last year. And it kind of messed with my head, like going into a cruise station as somebody's catching you, just not positive thing mentally. And uh, so I was like thinking, Oh, awesome. It's the opposite now this time. And uh, went into the eight station, got really good crew and um, left at the exact same time as Tom. So kind of switched out. He was running with Cole and Cole kind of was feeling pretty rough, I guess at that eight station. So I kind of, switched out he switched out coal for me i guess at that point leaving uh black canyon yeah how were those river crossings then because you at that point you have to cross well you cross once coming into black canyon kind of and once mm-hmm. leaving right yeah um they weren't too bad um just like you know like probably like 15 seconds to just kind of walk across it the one at black or the one after black canyon is nice because you get to i just like uh took my buff and took my hat and just gave it one more quick dunk right before leading out of there because uh after you cross that river is uh essentially the largest climb of the day and it's about two mile two mile climb right after the river yeah and it's all pretty exposed at that point too right yeah very exposed climb just kind of winds winds up slowly for two miles okay so then at that point like you have the cotton with a gold change station which is super remote right i remember right the what the Cottonwood Gulch aid station. Yeah, that'd be the next one. Yeah. I mean, we're going through things. I mean, like the race really, we look at splits, but like the race itself was going up that climb. Tom and I were together. And then 
as we were, I was, I wasn't, I was in front of him kind of pushing the pace and wasn't sure if he was going to back off of it. And he wasn't going up the climb. And I wasn't surprised because Tom Bevins is obviously a really good climber if he takes third place at UTMB. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I didn't try to do too much um, on the climb. I just wanted to keep it steady. And then as soon as I got to the top of it, I just thought that was my chance to really try to frazzle him or really try to take, take the lead as, make a gap uh, and uh, peeked over the top and just really hammered it as far as I could knowing it could be a big mistake, but just kind of went for it anyways. Yeah. So then what was it like then like coming up into table basic is like, personally, I love that section of the trail. I think it's super fun, but um, between black Canyon and table Mesa. Yeah. 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 I think it is. It's fun too. It's just between yeah. Black Canyon. And I'm trying to think what's the next aid station you said. Uh, so there's Cottonwood Gulch and then table Mesa. Yeah, Cottonwood Gulch, between there, it's the longest uh, point of not having any kind of aid uh, of the race. It's almost nine miles, and it's starting to get real hot, and it's not a soul of a person is back there. So, um, yeah, it's it's a really fun, though, trail. Like you said, it's, like, really windy and kind of just goes bumpy up and down um, the whole time. But, yeah, um, that I guess that, that was why I kind of made that move there because I knew it was just – kind of the area that kind of sucks uh during a, the race part of it <laughs> yeah yeah i guess it's different like in a race environment versus just going for a casual run exactly and like that <laughs> and, and that was the thing i knew a lot of people like went out there and did casual runs on that trail and i was like it's a lot different when <laughs> you're racing it and it's the hottest part of the day <laughs> yeah. so yeah <laughs> so did you feel good then at that point like being ahead of um tom and like I yeah I, I, f- I felt really good and i felt like pretty like i didn't make a stupid move um pretty quick into it and i knew pretty quickly after i made the move i was like okay he didn't go with it this is your chance like don't screw it up like you can't just let off the gas now so i really pushed probably all the way to that next aid station and then from there that next aid station going into table mesa that was like where i actually kind of let off the gas a little bit um just because i thought if i could let off the gas even if he's still close behind me if i could get into table mesa feeling good like i could handle the last 10 miles um if i'm coming out of it positive so that was kind of the plan there but also didn't want to get caught by him at the same time so it's like kind of a happy medium of pushing but not uh pushing too hard to where you're gonna blow up yeah because like those last like what 12 or so miles leaving table mesa like it's pretty runnable right like super flat it it's uh yeah, i mean it's a solid like again 500 feet doesn't sound much but like on this train it, it is quite yeah. a bit different like it's like a five or six hundred feet over like three miles and it's just it's at the end of the day and it is uh, and it's uh it, if you're having a rough day it's pretty bad out there and that's what i was thinking about from the year before but uh if you're having a good one or you're just on a training run it's yeah it's awesome pretty pretty easy mile trail <laughs> Um, but it does kind of like you peek over the top and then you get like a mile of floating and then you do have one more like kind of punchy climb right before then, which kind of, if you don't know that's coming, that kind of sucks. <laughs> that's a good point. I guess I forgot about that. Yeah. Like, like the last few miles, like to the finish are kind of like that dirt road kind of, kind of nonsense, yeah. but then there's that climb though, that it kind of switch backs up and yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like right, right towards the very end. And you kind of just don't think about it because on the profile, you look at it and you kind of see that three mile climb and you think like, oh, like as soon as I get done with that, like that next climb is just a little itty bitty thing, but it it's kind of not, it's a pretty punchy, punchy thing you got to do for a mile. Yeah, definitely. So after that little climb though, like how did you feel those last few miles um, running in? Because you just, you were ahead of Tom at that point, obviously. So yeah, uh, everything was feeling good. Um, was pretty confident that I was going to take it home it was funny because it was right around then i was the first time i actually looked at uh my time on the watch i think i only looked at my watch time once in that race and it was at 50k just to kind of get a rough idea and you know when i looked at it i don't even know if i really knew what it meant at that point but uh um but when i looked at it there i knew how much race was left i was like oh we are we're running pretty fast like so i guess like let's keep it moving so we could just see how fast we can make this thing and uh 
the joke was like uh i was like well if i feel like i got this one i might as well like try to get my utmb uh index score as good as i can and just run this in as are pretty hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah imagine you're um definitely pushing at that point <laughs> yeah run hard. yeah might as well just fit it or no there's no reason to back off and then i don't know that, that and uh definitely never backed off out of race ever since uh speed goat 2020 when i was in second place and quite a bit ahead of hayden um coming down the last ascent and i kind of just like took it easy for like four three three miles thinking i had an easy second locked up and then hayden shouldn't have done that with hayden and he <laughs> came back and caught me and uh we, we were friends and we like laugh about it but i was like man like that was a really stupid move of me and like i've like every single race since then i'm like run it hard and don't get hayden that's what okay. i gotta say to my save. <laughs> I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, then, um, yeah, obviously, like you won, got the ticket and stuff. But like, um, what was your like fueling like? Do you just use Roctane gels all day? Is that all you did? Uh, pretty much Roctane gels. Um, did some of that Roctane fuel. Actually, tried that for the first time that day, which was a risk, but just kind of went with it. And um, a little bit of scratch labs. Uh, my stomach's pretty good on like the um liquid calories that's why i wasn't too worried about it it would been something new for like liquid calorie liquid calories not to go down just because it was something new i guess but uh um the weird thing that i did that a lot of people were asking me about was i i ate actually lemon pound cake was uh what i would eat at uh, uh my crew station so yeah like a while back i was uh doing like this uh uh, family activity and uh in the middle of it i was like told my wife i was like i'm sorry man i need to go to walmart real quick just to get a snack because it was in the parking lot and i grabbed this lemon pound cake and like i was eating it through the parking lot going back to this activity and i ate it crazy fast and i was like man that was really good and i looked at it and it was 400 calories i was like huh and i kind of thought maybe i could use this in a race and like, i practiced it a couple of times and yeah, it worked pretty well. It's like 400 calories, 60 carbs. And it, because it's uh, kind of a little bit more dense, it doesn't like give you that cotton mouth kind of taste to it. So you're literally just eating like lemon pound cake from like Walmart or Safeway or something? Like, yep. Just, just like, a, like, like, a, like, a, like a dollar fifty lemon <laughs> pound cake from Walmart, like the cheapest <laughs> you could get. Yeah, actually I like, kind of took it and like balled it up and like made it almost like a donut. Um, and then wife just uh i guess all three eight stations but yeah it's almost easy enough to just like take in your hand and just kind of take a bite as you're running as well i don't know if i should be like disgusted or impressed right now because uh, yeah, yeah. teach their own <laughs> don't need to try it i guess right <laughs> yeah maybe i'll try it maybe that's a it'll be my secret to doing well yeah i get i actually the day before the race i uh Finn, Finn and I were in the same uh, um, Airbnb and they were going out on a long run and I had an extra one. I'm like, try it. And he's like, are you using this on race day? I'm like, yeah. And he looked at me really weird. And then he, he came back from the run. He's like, it was great. I couldn't believe how well it worked. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, then uh, besides that though, like, what'd you do for like the morning of? Did you have like just kind of a standard breakfast or what'd you do? Uh, yeah, I did like a, a bagel and a bagel with an egg in it and then uh, another half a bagel with uh some like avocado and i think a cliff bar banana really? a cliff bar really yeah i you know i just went <laughs> to the grocery store and it's like the only thing i could like find it's you know what it is it's just something that i've ate since high school probably that's like the standard thing you used to get back then before we had all all these options <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember in college i'd eat those things like every day because they had them for like a dollar at the rec center and i was like oh, yeah it's a good deal i'd eat them literally every freaking day every day right yeah it's, it's funny how much uh different nutrition has got over the last 10 years <laughs> dude it's crazy like just how many companies there are that make like running and cycling nutrition like it's insane yeah, i heard like someone say it the other day like oh like older person like you guys don't you guys don't understand like you guys have like options that taste good like we had a <laughs> uh power bar and that was it power like the and power bar was bad man the Dude, old ones at least yeah like those like 
I don't like. I don't even know what you'd call them. It's like a poop bar, like pressed together. I don't know what that... They're so disgusting. Yeah, I don't even know how to explain like a power bar. Almost. Do they even sell those things anymore? Like, is that? I don't know. I, if they do, I bet they don't sell them like that anymore. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was like thinking about that now, like because they were they were so synthetic tasting, and then like even like the texture was just like, like what is this? It's like plasticky. I don't know. How you would chew chew it like uh, like it was like. It wasn't good, but it was like a decent thing to take after a run. But I don't know how you would ever take something like that, like mid race. Yeah, it takes like five times long as long to chew as like anything chew else. It. Yeah, <laughs> that's so disgusting. Like you get like mouth fatigue, like your jaw gets tired. You get those <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, that that's the hardest part of the race. <laughs> yeah, it's like how your legs feel. I'm like, oh, my legs feel fine, but my jaw's tired. I need to go to the dentist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. So then um, I know you were saying you learned quite a bit from your last run at Black Canyon, but what did you learn this time from it? Like anything that really stand out to you? I mean, I can't, when everything goes well, I mean, it's hard to learn too much, right? Uh, because everything goes right and you don't think think of things that you need to do next time. So I can't say like I learned too much. I guess like more than anything I learned was like what kind of positions I put myself in during the race, during the for competition and then like what kind of moves I made that worked, but also kind of what I need to think like, okay, like what if that move didn't work? What would I have done like coming out of it? So more of like a tactical things like I maybe have learned or starting to reflect on, but like uh, when it comes to like, what should I have done for nutrition or what should I have brought on that last climb? Like really nothing because it went so well, I guess today, but that was solely because last time i just had such a bad day and realized what i did wrong and made those fixes yeah i guess learn from mistakes then it's kind of like is case in point right mm-hmm. here shows that it all works yeah it, it does make a huge difference when it is like the same race you not like something similar or whatnot like knowing exactly like do i need like one bottle two bottles or two and a half bottles like like you kind of have an idea exactly what you need after you've done it once yeah, definitely. And it kind of goes back to what you're saying too, is like your nutrition on a training runs and be very different than on a race day. And you haven't mm-hmm. ran that course on race day. Like you kind of like, no. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, now that you have the ticket though, like how are you feeling for June? Yeah. Uh, I got a hundred percent accept it first. Uh, yeah. Are you not accepting like, it I, what, what, I, I mean, I, I took it and I'm accepting it for, for right now. Um, yeah. And right now the plan is to go there. I just need a little bit more time to just kind of wrap my head around it, make sure that's the race I do want to do. There was another, you know, like you can't always plan for Western States golden ticket when you're don't have one, you got to kind of plan out the future, not around it. And I had some other opportunities that uh, I was getting funded for that sounded really fun as well. So now I got to not do those as I do Western States. So yeah, just like still want to, just recover and start walking straight before I got really dig my head into June, you know, right now. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Is the recovery yeah. going all right? Or are you still pretty uh, beat up? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just like normal stuff. Like quads are just hard to go downstairs, but it's more, I just have a crazy amount of blisters everywhere. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, I definitely wore an aggressive shoe that I probably shouldn't have, but I just wanted to have a really light shoe and be aggressive, be able to do aggressive moves when I had it. So it was kind of one of those things like, yeah, it probably isn't the best idea, but I'm doing it anyways. <laughs> what shoe were you wearing? It looked like the Sense it, 4 Pro, but it, I wasn't It sure. was the Pulsar 4s from Salmon. Okay. Uh, but the SG, SG ones. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a, it's a slipper. It's very light. And um, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting you mentioned that because like yeah, there's a light shoe and like Black Canyon isn't the most technical, but like after that much time on those rocks and stuff, it definitely adds up. And yeah, it 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 was weird. It's like, what do I want this like really light shoe that I can like put my foot wherever I want and kind of hop around everything very easily, but not have that much protection or have a little bit more protection towards the end of the race and maybe have a little bit more um fun there you and um saves your legs a little bit in a different way yeah so yeah, yeah kind of so I, I just raced enough in the desert where i knew i liked those shoes and just went with it yeah for sure it's a quality shoe like yeah the pulsar line like 
it's probably my favorite now. Like I was a big fan of all the S Lab, like the Sense editions, but now they've done away with that, and it's like the Pulsars are my new favorite. Okay, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Good, definitely a good line. Yeah, for sure. Well, cool, man. Um, that's everything. Um, yeah, yeah. What do you got coming up next before states? You gonna have you even thought about that, or are you? Um... The only thing I've thought about before the race, I was pretty set on this race. Like, not even thinking about again, like states or the other uh race that i was kind of invited to um the only other race was a uh, canyons 50k and i wasn't interested in canyons 50k but then i saw hayden was uh potentially running it uh yeah. adam's running it and then it sounds like tom might not be anymore but he put out there that he was running it so i was like those are three really big names that'd be fun to run against um so that kind of interests me and if it, I, I love 50ks they're so fun like, uh, it's just such an aggressive race that you could really just uh, kind of go all out on and not worry about making as many mistakes. So that that also sounds fun, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, cool. Um, where can people find you? Like, what's your Instagram and Strava and stuff? Um, Instagram is agasolis54. Um, and then Strava might be the same. Let me look real quick. <laughs> I guess it could just be your name. Right? I think it's just Anthony Casales. You would look up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. For uh, Strava, but yep. That's where you'd find me, me on those. I think it's Strava. Like uh, I post, like I post a lot of the workouts that I do anytime. Like I feel like I need to see the data myself is when I post workouts. Like I'm never hiding anything. It's more, I just uh, don't time my runs that are like aerobic runs that are 60, 90 minutes long or whatever. Um, I just keep those at uh, an easy pace that I don't got to worry about. But uh, anytime I do like kind of a more harder effort, like I usually put it on there. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, all right, dude. Well, thanks for taking the time. Yeah. I know you're super busy with your kid and your wife and all your mm -hmm. job stuff. Like, sounds like oh, a yeah, pretty thanks. hectic schedule. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It balances it all out. It's good. <laughs> thanks yeah. for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate the convo and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Have a good day, Derek. All right, thanks, man. You too.